Welcome to the I Didn't Sign Up for This podcast. My name is Caitlin Nillis, and I'm a mom of two who loves keeping it real and talking about all the hard things in motherhood that no one else likes to. This podcast was created to help women feel seen and less alone through motherhood because at the end of the day, did any of us really know what we were signing up for? So let's dive into the conversation and help you feel less alone. I am so excited. I have Lena Forstel on my podcast today. And I don't know if you know this, Lena, but you're actually one of the first like mom influencer creator friends that I met on Instagram. I did not know that. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I connected to you so much. I can't remember like how I started following you or if you started following me first and like how that all happened. But I remember just listening to your podcast when I was on maternity leave with my second daughter. I actually have a vivid memory just like cleaning out my medicine cabinet for some reason. (laughs) And I was just like binging your episodes. And I was just I just felt so seen. And I'm like, who is this girl? Like everything she's saying is just so relatable. Um, Your oldest, um, your son, Archie, I think he's just a little bit older than Daphne, my little three-year-old. So we have kids that are the same age. Lena is um, a working mom. She works in corporate. She just had her second baby, baby girl. She is also a content creator and the podcast host of the New Mamas podcast. Did I miss anything? (laughs) No, that's about it. I live in New Jersey. I'm an East Coast gal. It is currently snowing to set the scene. My boobs are leaking. It is snowing. Both kids are home. So it's been good. But that's funny that we met. I, You know why we connected? I think I felt really connected to you because you are also a working mom. And it's it's actually kind of, I don't know, maybe this is my interpretation. I feel like it's rare in the motherhood creator community to have moms that also work full time. I feel like a lot of our peers are stay at home moms. So it felt like sometimes I would feel in the mom groups that I'm part of, like, you know, the group chats. I don't know if you're part of any of these mom or blo- mommy blogger like group chats, but some of them I feel a little bit like behind or not seen because I'm like, ah, I also have to juggle this like full-time job. But not to say that stay-at-home mom is not a full-time job. It's just a different full-time job. And all the respect to stay-at-home moms. Yeah. Because I did it. Gosh. Yeah. Like yesterday, did your kids have off yesterday? Um, My oldest did, but my little one still had daycare. Like we were still paying for it. So I still took her. I'm like... I have a few things I need to get done. And like my, my older daughter is obviously like way more independent. She can you know, get snacks herself if she needs to. She can play. She plays independently. So um, so I had one home, but it didn't really feel like it. That's good. Okay. That's yeah. actually <laughs> kind of a hot... So that's actually kind of... I didn't know like a hot topic of like, when you have a day off, do you keep your kids home or do you still send them? And I'm like, I didn't know that was a thing, but I've always sent my son when I have a day off because it's my day off. Right, right. And you're paying for it no matter what. Like daycare doesn't give you a refund like if you just don't take your kid in. So you're paying for it anyways. And moms are already so burned out. We're always going, we're working, we're, you know, doing laundry, like doing all the things, right? And so if you have the luxury of having a day off, even if it's just like a couple of hours to like take care of yourself and, you know, go like just take a nap if you want to, or just binge watch a show, like that's going to refill your cup and that's going to make you a better parent at the end of the day. 100%. I am so there with you on that. So are you on maternity leave? Yes. Right now, or have you gone back to work? Okay, you are on mat leave. Okay, I was going to ask how long... So you work for for Cisco, they're a big company. Mm -hmm. What is their mat leave? Can you you talk about that? Yes. So I have two different experiences to share on maternity leave. So with my first, my son, three and a half years ago, I was working for another company and I didn't qualify for FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act in New Jersey, because you have to be with a company for one year to be able to qualify for that time off. I was with the company for 11 months So I just missed the cut and I didn't, I got, I had six weeks of maternity leave. So my first time around, I went back to work, which I guess back to work is like a loose term because it was during COVID. 
and everything was online, but still having to log on on your computer with a newborn, literally six weeks, they're still attached to your boob or attached to the bottle, whatever. Like it was, (laughs) that was miserable to say the least. And I worked for a company that wasn't very friendly with young, not young mothers. Am I young? Are we young? Well, you're young. I you think are you're young. young. <laughs> you're I'm not, 33. So- I'm going to be 34. So I'm just like a year younger than you, basically. Okay. Okay. Good. Because yeah. I was like, wait, are we still young? <laughs> we are, no. are still young. My parents are in their, my mom's in her, well, hopefully she doesn't kill me for saying this, but she's in her late 60s and my dad's 70. So, yeah, you know, when I think of my parents, I always think of them as like 55 and it's not true. Like my mom's also, my parents are on the same yeah. age. So anyway, Maternity yeah. leave, six weeks, absolutely miserable, didn't qualify for the FMLA, couldn't take more time off. So that really sucked. Now I work for, so, oh, I was talking about how they were not friendly. So I was on a meeting once on a Zoom meeting and Archie was like cooing. You know how babies make like all these like, boo, like these little, like so cute, cute little noises. I know, you know, they're happy when they're do- doing that. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even crying. And a woman on the call, it was like a big call. She was like, Whoever has that baby, please mute yourself. And I was just like in that tone, not like, oh, like we hear a baby. So cute. Just a reminder to me, like, I don't know. They could have like said it nicer, but she was so like mean. I remember like shaking, like putting myself on mute and like crying because I was so embarrassed. So that was my first experience. Well, and that was during COVID, right? So yes. like literally everyone was working from home. It's yes. not like it was pre-COVID or like right now where it's like childcare centers were open. Childcare centers were not open during COVID. And it yeah. varied by location too. Like some states were different than others. But like, I feel like the context of that, like people knew, at least my company, like we we all knew that like we were working at home with kids because yeah. we had to. <laughs> there was no choice. <laughs> yeah. It's like that quote, the like expecting like parent, like you don't have work and work like you don't have a family. There's like some quote like that. And it's like, yeah, it was truly shocking. Like there's just some terrible people in the world. That's all. That's all I'll say. But so now I work at a company that has four months of maternity leave. So 17, 17.5 weeks is like the official week amount. And it's almost, it's kind of weird because I was, um, I was actually pinging my team like a couple weeks ago, like, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, I was just like kind of bored because I don't know. And that's that's a weird it's a weird way to put it. But I felt like when you're a working mom and you're like stuck in this hustle, it's almost like when I didn't have meetings to go to like projects to finish and deadlines and presentations I felt like a weird, like, what do I do with my time? And of course, I have to take care of this baby. That's where all my time should go. But you know, when you're just like, oh, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally different. It's a totally different feeling going from like constantly rushing from one thing to the next and not and literally not having any time for anything. Yeah. And then when you're, you're slow down, it's like, what do I do with myself? And it's a luxury to be able to slow down. Like, yes. Do you face this like paralysis? Do you, are you like paralyzed with like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like when you strip those two things away, it's like, who am I? Who am I really? Yeah. So I want to ask you about your six week maternity leave with your prior company when you, oh, yes. after you had Archie. So was it paid or was it unpaid? It was short term disability. And it was staggered. So I got like 80% of my pay the first week. Then the second week, I got like 60%. And then it went 50%, 30%, 20%. So as the weeks went on, I got like less and less of my pay, which yeah. is crazy. Which Dang. is crazy. So when I went back to work so at crazy. six weeks. Yeah. So when I went back, even if I had qualified for FMLA, And in New Jersey, I don't think we have paid. So some states have paid FMLA where they will pay you your salary. I think it's state funded, but New Jersey does not. And I would have just had those 12 weeks unpaid, which I don't think at the time we would have 
I would have even done because it was COVID. My husband was unemployed and we survived on my income. So, and of course, yeah, we had some savings and stuff, but you don't want to blow through your savings. So I think I would have gone back to work regardless of those six weeks. But yeah, that was a wild, wild times. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's so crazy. So the company I work for as well. So I work for eBay and their big tech company as well. So yeah. their maternity leave is, it's four and a half. Well, it can be up to six months of, nice. um, like it's a combination of like your FMLA and then also your parental leave. So all parents get three months off. So dads will also get three months off and you can use it however you want for that first year of the baby's life. So what some people will do is they'll stagger it. So it's really nice that they give you that flexibility. But when I tell people, that's the maternity leave I got with both my daughters, they are like blown away. And I'm so grateful for the benefit because I cannot even imagine having to go back to work. I I literally know someone, a couple of people actually, who had C-sections, went back to work the next the next week. No, Because they could not, have, they did not qualify for FMLA or anything. Um, and this is here in Utah, and they could not afford to just be off for three months because you can get. I think the the law is like you get three. You can get three months off, twelve weeks, but it's unpaid. But your yep. job is secured for those three months. But most people can't take three months off unpaid. That was exactly our situation. Was I couldn't as much as we wanted to. Like it was COVID again, and things were like unsteady. My husband was unemployed. Like you can't, and and even like. Even if he was employed, the cost of living these days is so high. I think it's really hard unless your partner is like C-suite level or has some like big job. I think it's really hard to survive on one income. Yeah, it is really hard. It's 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 like I feel like it's like impossible these days or nearly impossible. That's for sure. Okay, cool. So how much longer of your maternity leave do you have then? I have. So it's currently January. I have until April. I think it's April 17th. I go back to work. So mid-April and I've been off since November 20th. Yes. November 20th. Okay. I took off. So about like four months. Okay. So your daughter, um, so are you combining like paid time off or like vacation time or sick time with that? Or is that just the math? math? Does that math not math? Um, I'm I feel like that math doesn't. Math. <laughs> I feel like wait. I feel like that math doesn't matter. Like April is like four months from now, or it's. I mean, but three I already, months from now, depending. But I had a month. But you already took two. Yeah, I don't know, but my benefits. So that's, thing, that would. So maybe I get five. Okay, months just off. go with whatever your benefits no. say. <laughs> no, yeah. So maybe I have five months. Shoot. See, I don't even know. Like the okay. mom brain is so so hard. Um, no, I'm not combining any of my PTO. Yeah, smart. Yeah. You need it for, yeah. And so your baby is two months old, almost two months old. Almost two months. Yeah. I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, is she seven weeks or eight weeks? So she's seven weeks. So second time postpartum. And I want to hear what your experience was too. Like, I feel like it's a lot easier than the first time in some ways. Like in terms of like feeling confident, I don't have postpartum, had really bad postpartum anxiety my first time around, like intrusive thoughts, like literally thought someone was going to storm through the doors and steal my baby type intrusive thoughts, like scared to let my husband take care of him, would sob when my mother-in-law would come over and like hold him. I would like when she left, I would like cry because I thought like she was going to accidentally kill him. Crazy postpartum anxiety stuff. So this time is a lot better. I'm also on medication though. So see, I'm throwing all the topics at you like all at once. Yeah, no, I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk to you about this because my, so I, so we have a lot of similarities and I think this is probably why, or you probably talked about this on your podcast, but so I really struggled with postpartum anxiety with my first as well. And I had never growing up, I had never had anxiety, depression, panic attacks, nothing like that. Wow. Um, And then after my first daughter was born, it was like 
so much anxiety. I would have panic attacks anytime I would go out of the house. I literally thought like same thing. I thought my daughter was going to get sick and die. And she got, she was born in October. So it was basically like winter time when she was a newborn. I was so terrified of taking her out, getting sick. There's one time she got sick and I was literally watching her for hours, just breathing, just Mm -hmm. watching her breathe up and down. Like, cause I was terrified she was going to stop breathing. And so I really struggled. And then with my second pregnancy and postpartum experience, I didn't have those thoughts and feelings, but I was also on medication. So took medication throughout my pregnancy. My doctor signed off on it. It was safe, all of that. Um, So my experience was totally different the second time around. So is that, it sounds like that's what your experience was too. That totally tracks. And I, I remember the, the, what vividly the watching him sleep, like same thing, like watching the rise and fall of the chest. Like it, I don't know. It it was definitely crazy. So around, I think when my son was like one and then some, I, I sur- survived without medication for one, a lot longer than I had to, uh, than I should have. I should have if I knew, but I don't know. I don't, I didn't even really know it was an option. One, I didn't think I was like mentally sick enough. And I feel like that's a lot of moms out there that they are like, oh no, I, it has to be really bad. But then like, you don't know what's really bad because you have nothing really to compare it to. So like, when I look back, I'm like, that was really bad. I was really sick. I should have been on medication from the get-go of my postpartum experience. And I'm I'm actually kind of pissed at my doctors because I went in for that like six-week checkup the first time around and I sobbed, like shaking with the nurse. Like, I'm so scared he's gonna die. I'm so scared of SIDS. What am I gonna do if he dies? I'm gonna kill myself. Like, I said those words like at the doctor's office. Like, I would like... And they didn't really do anything. They were just like, honey, I don't want you to worry. He was born healthy. You're healthy. He's healthy. Everything's fine. It's very unlikely that anything's going to happen. That wasn't like a good enough answer, though, for my like sick brain, you know. If it was like that, like I just can't even imagine because for my six week appointment, I went in and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, you know what I mean? Because I was just like trying to like keep it together. And, but I I can't even imagine if you're like literally like pouring your heart out, you're sobbing, crying, like saying that these horrible things are going to happen. And they at least don't like refer you to someone or like the doctor, you know, maybe they don't go straight to medication, like just a penny. But like, I just can't even imagine them kind of dismissing that. And I don't, that's wild. I know. I don't know if maybe the discourse has changed a little bit over the last three and a half years. I think there's a bit more awareness now with maternal mental health, especially with that case up in Massachusetts. Did you, I mean, I'm, I know every, yeah. every mom's heard of it. I'm not yeah. going to go into specifics, but I think especially after that case, I re, I noticed this time around my postpartum experience now, uh, they were a bit more aggressive with the postpartum depression screenings with the like, the the worksheet yeah i still think they can do a better job but they were a bit yeah. more aggressive with talking about everything and emotions and hormones so that was that was good but anyway yes this time around so i went on medication when my son was maybe 18 months 20 months something like that i, I was on wellbutrin or I, no i'm still on i'm still on wellbutrin 150 milligrams extended release because my psychiatrist basically explained like all of my symptoms was like I was dopamine deficient. So I had the way she described it was my anxiety used up all of my dopamine like it fired everything all at once. So like I would wake up anxious like right you wake up and it's like oh my god the world is out to kill my my kid. And once all those cylinders would fire, it would leave me, you have nothing left. Like you have a finite amount of those chemicals in your brain per day. And when they all fire at once, you're depleted for the rest of the day. So what does that do? It throws you in a depressive state. So all of a sudden, it's hard to do those little tasks to do laundry, to make the kids lunch, to shower, to take care of yourself, to text back a friend. So and then it becomes a vicious cycle, right? You like, Yeah, you're just completely exhausted and depleted. Yeah. So then once I went on Wellbutrin, it like, I think 
guess like I remember going to my it was like I think six week eight week psychiatrist appointment and I like again cried I cry a lot guys I feel like I'm saying that all, but I like cried and I was like yeah I feel like you saved my life because I don't know how much longer I could have stood like in the state I was in before I sought out medication it was just so every day was so hard like I feel like that's unsustainable for any human to wake up like that. So it was, it felt like she saved my life. I remember like, you saved my life. And I think she got like a little teary eyed, like over the zoom that I could see. But yeah, it was a good, and I'm still on it. I was on it through my pregnancy. Doctor cleared, same as you, I'm still on it. Breastfeeding, it's totally safe. I've seen nothing. I've seen no side effects of my baby. Everything went perfect birth and everything so yeah I don't think I'll go off of it like I remember being like I'll go on medication for a little bit right that's what everyone says just go on it for a little bit when until you don't need it anymore but I think I'm gonna I think I need it yeah I'm the same way I've tried to go off of mine a couple times intentionally and then a couple times unintentionally like I'll forget to take my meds yeah and then you start going through like the withdrawals and stuff and it's like literal hell with my postpartum experience, I feel like they screen real well. I don't know if I would say really well, but I feel like they screen more towards postpartum depression yep. than anxiety. Because for me, it was like it's it's not like I couldn't get out of bed. Like I would get out of bed. I was barely sleeping. Like even when my baby was sleeping, because I was so anxious. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I I don't know what the screenings are like now. Um, but it was definitely like that when I had both of my girls. It was definitely more towards postpartum depression. It's still very skewed towards postpartum depression. I don't know why they don't put postpartum anxiety in there. I wonder if it's because it's not potentially, I I don't know if this is true, but like not life-threatening. Is it maybe because of that? I know. Yeah. You're like, like, well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I don't know. Right. The other thing I was going to say is with my first daughter, I, looking back now that I know what like more of a normal postpartum experience is like, where you're not having those intrusive thoughts and you're not consumed by them and not having panic attacks. Now that I know what that's like, I feel robbed from the the experience I had with my first daughter. Like, I feel like I missed out on the first six months of her life. And that, like looking back at like videos and pictures, like it, like even to this day, like it just breaks my heart that I didn't have that experience. Like I didn't enjoy any of it. I'm with you. Wow. We had very similar experiences. I can't relate with that more. I also feel like this sense of loss almost with my son's newborn experience because it was so special, right? If you think about your first baby that you bring into this world, it's so special. And all I did was count down the days, the hours, the minutes until he got older and older when like SIDS wasn't such a big fear. And like, I can't wait until he's sitting because his head is so like fragile or I I can't wait till he's walking. So like it was always like, I can't wait till the next thing instead of being able to enjoy the moment. And it's not like so easy as people are like, enjoy the uh, Enjoy every minute or whatever the whatever people (laughs) say to you. Yeah. Always enjoy grind. it because it's yeah yeah <laughs> and like, about, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're like yeah of course I want to enjoy it but I can't because I am so yeah I definitely feel robbed I agree yeah well and there's a difference between like even with my second um postpartum experience it's not like I enjoyed every moment of it like I hated, you know, her, her, her sleep was way worse than my first daughter. And so that was more of a struggle. And, but so I definitely didn't enjoy every moment with the second either, but I didn't like, I could go out in the real world and not feel fearful that something terrible was going to happen. And that like, I would literally have panic attacks in public with my first daughter, like, and like oh, it was so terrifying. So I just didn't leave. I just didn't leave my house. And then I was forced to when I had to go back to work because this was pre-COVID and I had to work at an office. And so I did have to go out and like, thank God, because my boss at the time, we had on-site therapists um, at our office um, that the company paid for. And Hello. but like I was our, an hourly employee at that time. And I'm like, I only have a 30 minute lunch. So my 
boss graciously like knew I really needed help and was like, you can take an hour lunch. You don't have to make up time. Hopefully, well, I won't say it was, <laughs> but like it literally saved my life because if it wasn't for going to therapy and I didn't have time to go to therapy, like no. after work hours. And like, that's like a whole other thing, like the guilt of being away from your child, especially when you're in a really fragile mental state. So thank God I was able to get help on site at the office. Um, because if it wasn't for the help of like my therapist, I would have probably never gone on medication because of the stigma that was there. Um, so yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, the stigma. I remember when yeah. I took my first pill of my medication i actually like took a picture and i like sent it to my friend and i was like here we go as if like if taking this <laughs> pill i was gonna like explode into a million pieces because like i don't know the stick yeah the stigma is so it's silly and that's why i try to be as open as i can about it and try to make it like not weird um i still i think it's generational i think like my parents generation like our parents generation it's definitely like did you hear she's on medication <laughs> Yeah. Versus now we're or like so oh. and so it's like on pills or on pills. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, oh, what do you want? Clonopin, Xanax, Wellbutrin, Zola. <laughs> Which one? Which one do you do? All oh, of it. Yeah. <laughs> people yeah. are always that anytime I talk about mental health, people are always asking me, like, what do you take? Like, yeah. and sometimes I'm like hesitant to say, um, because everyone's situation is different and like, you should definitely talk to your doctor. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's definitely like a thing. And there's a lot of people out there that just need help. And there's really, there's nothing wrong with needing help. My, my only yeah. regret is not getting on medication or getting help sooner. Because again, I just feel like I was robbed of those fit first six months of my daughter's life where I just don't really remember a lot. And I know that I was just miserable that entire time. So yeah. there's just, there's nothing wrong with needing help. Like you deserve to live a beautiful life. You deserve to live the life that you want to live and to be happy. And if that makes, t means taking a pill, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nothing. You don't have to suffer. Like I feel, and that's what I feel like a lot of people are also like, it's not that bad or my, like, I'm not that anxious or I'm not that depressed, but you don't actually know how bad it is because you're in it. And you only know when you're exactly. like not in it anymore. In hindsight, you're like, yeah, that was really bad. But so yep. <laughs> being on medication and not having that postpartum anxiety of like, okay, now I can leave Evie. My That's my daughter's name. For everyone listening, uh, Evie, she's seven seven weeks old. I can leave her with help with my mom. My mom's gone now. She left back for Florida. But I also have a postpartum doula that I hired. And I don't have anxiety leaving her with my doula or with my mom or with my husband. So I can get that help, which then is like a snowball effect, right? Like you have some help, you take some time for yourself, you sleep more, your mental health is better. Like it's all this like cycle, like it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. So I actually want to talk to you about the doula because I don't know anyone who is who's had a postpartum doula. Um, so can you talk about your experience with her? Like, when does she come? Like, what's your schedule like? What does she help with? Um, and how did you decide to do that this time around? Yeah. So I didn't know anything about doulas or doula, birth doulas or postpartum doulas the first time I got pregnant. And again, I think now there's a lot more conversation around what a doula is and how they support moms and birth. Although the first time around, I'm not even sure if I would have hired someone because I would have, I, maybe I thought I didn't need the help. Anyway, my post, I had a birth doula who was amazing and supported me during birth. And then now I have a different doula. She's a postpartum doula. And what she does is she comes over and she is there to support the mother, basically. Like, She's I not there that. to do housework. She's not watching your older children for you. Like she's not a mother's helper, which is different. So a mother's helper will come and like do laundry, do housework, clean, etc. The postpartum doula is really specialized in that newborn care, which is what I wanted. So she will, for example, last night she came over and she took care of Evie while I went up because I was solo parenting. So she took care of Evie from eight, p.m. to midnight while I did bath and bedtime with my older son, read a book and slept 
until 11.45. And then I woke up and I took back over newborn care. So that's just an example. She also, and doulas, like they all have different specialties. Mine also cooks. So they will, she makes nourishing postpartum meal, meals for our like healing bodies. So she'll make me a soup. Oh my gosh. She'll send me a menu in the beginning of the week and be like, what do you think of this? Like, what do you like? So then I'll go and like get ingredients or she'll go get ingredients for like some things that I pick and then she'll make that for me when Evie's sleeping. So that, that is-, is amazing. I, I feel like everyone needs that. <laughs> yes, because like, here's the thing. Um, like when you have a newborn, you are and you're in the United States, like most most of the time, like dads do not get any, I mean, they don't get any parental leave. Yeah. Um, there are some, some companies, like I said, like the company I work for, um, there are some companies that offer that parental leave, but like for the most part, it's all mom. So even if you're bottle feeding your baby, like you are having to wake up every two hours yes. and on your own, essentially, because your partner needs to go to work and yes, they can help out. And, you know, there's a lot of like different ways of doing it, but I, I feel like having like that shift, like you said, like the eight to midnight where your doula is caring for your newborn so that you can get sleep so that you can be there for Archie and do bath and bedtime, especially in those days that you're, you're solo. Like, I feel like there is no greater gift than that. And that, that is amazing. Did you, did your husband, like, was he like on board with that? Like when you brought it to his attention? Because I don't feel like this is a common thing. I've never heard of anyone having a postpartum doula, but maybe I'm just, you know, in my own world here. I don't know. No, you're not. I think it's just kind of a newer, I mean, I think they've, they've been around, but I don't think they've been as popular as they are starting to become now. And you can hire a postpartum doula. So you can hire one independently. Like you can just go on Google and search like postpartum doula in your area, or there's doula agencies too in your area that will have a bunch of doulas on staff and then will connect you with one. So actually mine I found on Instagram of all things because I apparently I make <laughs> all of my connections on Instagram. I'm sure we'll talk about this. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but she, yeah. So, oh, my husband. Yeah. So he, I'm pretty lucky. He's really chill and kind of easygoing in terms of like whatever I want to do and whatever I need. I did ask him like I not that I would ask for his permission about the birth doula, but I was like, I'm thinking about hiring this person. Like, what do you think? And he's like, I don't know. It's your birth. So you decide what you want. And I was like, that's right. It is my birth. Well, yeah. And it's like mainly your experience, right? Like he, I mean, of course he's your partner. He's, you know, the father and like everything and he's doing his part, but men are also like not given the opportunity to even stay home in a lot of cases um, to spend time that with their with their child. I know my husband with his, my ex-husband, um, when our second daughter was born, he was working um, and he was even working for the government and he did not get any time off because of that one year requirement for FMLA. Um, and he worked for the, um, for the government too, which is so crazy. So he went back to work. I think my daughter was born on like a Friday or something. And he went back to work either on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think he took one vacation day. That's, yeah, that and was then went back because he had to. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it sounds yeah. crazy, but that's like actual reality from, I think, a lot of dads, most dads. I think paternity leave is kind of a new thing. And I think in some states, they can qualify for a type of FMLA? I don't know. You have to check the laws in your state because it varies state by state. But yeah, my husband's a teacher. And so he got two days. Two days. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I oh, mean, 48 which hours. Is, oh, jeez. Yeah. Which is, again, why I also hired this postpartum doula. And that was so the decision to hire someone was also because so the first time around and he's I'm not talking shit about him like we he was very open about this on my podcast where he, I think experienced a little bit of postpartum male postpartum depression or dad postpartum depression because he like kind of disappeared with our first, like he just wasn't around. Like he didn't help out. He didn't know how he did. He, I think went through like a bit of an identity crisis, which just made him kind of disappear. And that was really tough on our marriage And he didn't want a second child. That was actually a big fight that we had 
about like two to two and a half years into our marriage because um, he's an only child. He doesn't know what life is like with, with siblings. I have a sister. I always knew I wanted multiple children. And that was also something we talked about when we first started dating as well of like, we had the conversation of like, I would like multiple kids. It was never discussed like we will only have one child. So when I felt like that decision was taken away from me when he was like, no, I only want one. I that was like that was a really big thing in our marriage. So finally, after a lot of back and forth and we tried to go to a therapist, a couple therapists, but he legit was watching TV. It was through Talkspace. He was watching TV. Your, oh, I think I saw you talk about this on, on, my, on social on media, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> like, but anyway, but it was kind of funny because in a way that that experience actually brought us closer because we were both like, what the F was that? We want to be, we're here because we want to work on it. But anyway, so oh my God. long I can't story even imagine. <laughs> long story short, he like agreed and he's like, you're right. It's just like my own fears of like what having a sibling is like. And so we decided to have a second and part of that decision was, I was like, okay, if we do it again, I'm going to get help. We're going to have tons of support. I'm going to make this yeah. as like, an e- as easy as having a newborn can be, like an easier process for all of us so that he doesn't, so nobody like feels like they don't feel, have support. Okay, what has his experience been like the second time around? Well, I don't want to speak for him, but I think it's been a lot better. I've like noticed, I've noticed that he is more hands-on. I feel like he's more like loving with her than he was with Archie. And it's, I mean, now like my husband's definitely like a toddler dad because now of course they're best buddies and my husband is my son's favorite person on earth. He's definitely a daddy's boy. He's like not a mommy's boy at all. So they're it's it's all fine and that and that i think if anyone's listening like if your partner isn't like super hands-on with your baby right in the get-go i'd say like don't worry about it too much because it can change as your child gets older and they have a more relationship with you but second time around i noticed that like john's a lot better so and i think that's yeah. because of how much help and support we've had so he doesn't feel like yeah suffocated by these duties so for example when he gets home from work and he's tired and needs a nap which is kind of like an lol because i'm like home all day with the kids and it's like yeah. i need a nap but whatever right but all, yeah, that, get it. <laughs> all that aside when he gets home and he needs a nap i have enough fuel in the tank to be able to like grant him that so that yeah. he can take a nap and when he gets up he's there to, he's able to show up as a dad so i don't know it's all like it's all a big snowball effect. Like whether when you have support, yeah. it su- not just supports you, but it supports um, it supports your partner as well. And I, so I have my postpartum doula. I'm starting Bible study on Thursdays. It's coming up. And I talked to my doula and I was like, will you come? Like technically she's not supposed to come. She's not a babysitter. So the point isn't for you to mm-hmm. hire her and then for you to like leave and go to the gym or like go get your hair done and stuff. Like mm-hmm. they're not a babysitter. Okay. It's for you to like take a nap, like catch up on light housework that you need to do or whatever. But I, I talked to her about it and I was like, well, it would really be like awesome if you could watch her, like my daughter, while I'm at Bible study. And she's like, of course, like I'm supporting you through that because you're doing something that fills your cup in a different way. Right. And that is healthy for your spiritual spiritual mind. And so that yeah. would be good. So that way John's not home with two kids by himself, which sounds like I'm shortchanged. It sounds like a certain way of like oh your husband or your partner should be able to no yeah okay it's hard yeah it's hard and like what i was going to say like going back yeah of course well and i mean it's hard for anyone to be like a solo parent with two kids but what i was going to say like about john and i don't think his experience is like i think a lot of men go through this like think about it from like a woman's perspective like you i i did not ever get like this natural motherly instinct like with my first daughter, I was like, what do I do with you? Like, <laughs> everyone told me like, oh, you'll just know what to do. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, t- someone, can you just write me a list and just tell me like what to do? Yeah. But like, so I'm, but I'm the mother. Like, think about like as a father, like they're probably lost too. And they're like, I've never done this before. Like, I don't know how to support you. And I don't know how to care for this baby. Like someone tell me what to do. 
and they're a little bit more removed, you know, from from the child because they didn't birth the child or they're not the, you know, they're not the mother. It doesn't have to be that way. But like, I think that society has kind of painted it that way. Right. So I think a lot of men go through that and they're, and they don't have the same type of like safe space to talk about it. So I think that's really great that, yeah, I think that's really great that you guys just like decided, like, let's, you know, invest in our family and let's hire this postpartum doula because it's going to make our experience better. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. So I think that's awesome that you did that. Um, The other thing I wanted to bring up... So I know you had a video that went viral um, not too long ago, right after you had your daughter. Oh, I know Um, this And I think you turned off the comments because I was looking at it the other day and I'm like, I wanted to look at the comments. I'm pretty sure you turned them off. No, I did turn them off because people were writing the craziest stuff. So I was like, I'm done. Like when, when I was getting comments like, she's a five out of 10. Our dude deserves better. Or like, I would divorce her TBH. And I love how they comment on, and you probably get this too, where they comment as if they're not commenting on like a human being's profile. They they say she, she's this, she's that. And that's like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) You're talking about me in the room. I'm right here. I know. So the video that we're talking about, um, um, so you guys will have to go to Lena's Instagram and and check it out. Um, but it was a video that she took after she had her second daughter in the hospital. And then so it said, like, I sent my husband home after the birth of our daughter. Um, and I think people didn't understand that, like, you had you had another child at home. Okay. Right? Yes. Let me like, read. People just didn't. Because once a video goes viral, it's like people who are viewing it are not people who know you. Like, they no. don't follow you. They're just like random assholes like on the internet you know what a great way to put it like with all the love i mean with all the love <laughs> that's a nice yes. way that's actually a nice way to put it <laughs> okay so the caption to my video things, yeah it's me in the hospital and i am um holding my daughter just like it's dark grainy the crappiest cell phone quality you've ever seen and it says, POV, you send your husband home after giving birth so you get to spend all night by yourself bonding with your new baby. And the context is I was on a high. Like I just given birth. My epidural didn't work. So I had no drugs in my system. And oh my God, <laughs> it, it was and I was just on a high after having, you know, I felt so confident and so good and not anxious and happy because I felt like I was reclaiming my postpartum experience right we just talked about this and my husband and i had chatted beforehand and i'd we'd said like i'm like if everything goes well i don't need a c-section and i feel confident i'm okay if you go home and sleep well so that you can show up the next morning with archie we talked about this beforehand and then that night at the hospital it was exactly that conversation of like um, he's like are you okay like how are you doing i was like i'm good if you want to get out of here I'm I'm Gucci. Like I can handle this. <laughs> and it felt like it was such an empowering moment and then social media interpreted it in a completely different way. It has 10.6 million views oh, on Instagram, which sounds fantastic, but it's actually terrifying because like you said, it's not people who know you and I'm so used to like I have a tight like small community where like I feel like most people that are viewing my stuff all listen to my podcast they know me but people who are viewing it are insane I don't know if I can oh yeah it says zero comments because I turned it off and I actually I'm sure because you're probably getting like just the most horrendous comments from people because I think people were interpreting it as you weren't allowing your husband to bond with your daughter (laughs) Yes, I right? kept getting so many. It, it, it was mostly like first time moms. I wonder if I have screenshots of some of them. But it was mostly first time moms that were like, he deserves to bond with your daughter. How dare you take this experience away from him? Golden hour is so important for your daughter. It's so important for your daughter to have a father figure. It was like, it. they made it sound oh like God. I gave birth. I kicked him out and he was like, crying outside wanting to bond with her and i was this evil woman it was the well and it's not like you can just bond like it's not like the only time you can bond with your newborn baby is in like that first night that like i know from my own personal experience like both times postpartum like 
I don't know if I would say like my ex-husband like necessarily like bonded with my baby. Like we like, you know, I was feeding her like breast, trying to breastfeed her and like, but then we would just like put her in that little bassinet, you know, swaddle, swaddle her up and put her in the bassinet and try to get some sleep, you know, because we would have to wake back up in two hours to try to feed her again. Right. So it wasn't like we were doing skin to skin the whole night or anything. No. Right. So this is one of the comments, but he deserves to bond with baby too. It's also his child. This makes me sad. I get where you're coming from, but it seems a little selfish, especially when we as women are always preaching about how men don't have the same expectations as fathers as we do mothers. And that was kind of kind of the theme of like all of the comments. And I think it has so many views, not for the reason why I wanted to post it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're probably trying to empower empower women and like that and especially because you you were on this high and you accomplished this thing you gave birth without an epidural which i didn't even know that you did that i you know i i didn't even ask you about your birthing experience but that is like i can't even imagine like the way that would feel after accomplishing something like that like i just birthed this this child without any medication like yeah well i asked for rock star you know what i mean (laughs) yeah well that's what it felt like because i was like i didn't want intervention but then like i was induced with pitocin which i don't know what your experiences were like but when you have pitocin pitocin contractions are insane so i had asked for it little did we know when i asked for the epidural i was already in transition which means i was fully dilated but no one checked my cervix to tell me that so by the time he was done tapping my back and he's like he lifted it he's like i'm good i'm done i was like i have to push so like i had to push right when he was done and there was like so you didn't even it wasn't even like effective like when you needed it (laughs) no no exactly yeah i would have i would have lost my mind i i don't feel like i'm mentally strong enough to do that dude like i would be a disaster (laughs) Oh, I was, it was bad. It was a, I would not, you know, I have to say like, honestly, if I had to do it again, if I was being induced again with Pitocin, I'd probably just say, give me the epidural again. Like it was cute. Everyone talks about like medication free birth. It's cute, but it's a lot. I feel like no one goes home with a medal with it, but of course, again, yeah, yeah. but, um, but we should, we all should no matter what. (laughs) Yeah. Do you get crazy comments on your social media too like do you get like how do you deal with that yeah so only when my video goes like like very very viral i'll get um like rude comments or something but for the most part like most of my videos they don't go super viral but when they do yeah like if it hits the wrong like sometimes i'm like how did the algorithm like feed this video like my mom account to like all these men and they're always men Yeah. You know, like just angry men. And I'm just like, I mean, nothing against men. Like men are great. I have like a lot of male followers and like single dads and stuff that like I've connected with and it's great. But there are just some very angry men. And I'm like, I don't know what happened here. I just ignore them. Once it gets to that point, like I'm like, I'm not even looking at the comments on this video anymore. You know, my sister is a YouTuber. She has 600 something subscriber, 600,000 subscribers. Like she's oh, a pretty wow. big YouTuber. It's her full-time job. Yeah. And what we were talking about was with hers cuz she gets crazy comments on hers too. And what she's explained is like in the first 24 hours of your video being posted, it goes to your audience. So that's why like in the beginning, we get like nice comments like, "Oh, how beautiful." Yeah. And, "Oh, what a special moment." Oh, and then after that 24 hour mark, if the algorithm picks up your video and sends you out like a wave, then it gets sent out to people who don't know you, like you said, and like the weird people. There's a bunch of random people and, that have and, nothing in common with you. And that's when you get the comments <laughs> that are like, F you, you stupid. Yeah, you're a bad mom or you're, you know, I've had someone like where I've posted about like my divorce and stuff and people are like, just saying oh, the I'm sure people comments, love like, to judge you on I, that. I just roll my eyes. I'm like, you are projecting your own issues onto my life. Like, don't even, you know, so I, I, I you just have to laugh at comments like that and can't take them seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember having a moment where I was like, if this is what it feels like to like go big, I don't think I want to go big. 
<laughs> because but then I yeah. like now I but, but now I'm right. like but now after having gone through that experience I'm like all right I get it I can handle it it's fine like it's the yeah. internet like I do in a way sign up for this like I don't well that's like a weird I don't know so I mean thoughts. you do but also like you're still a human at the end of the day like that doesn't mean that you just uh, deserve to be verbally abused <laughs> thank you yeah exactly like yes. I right human decency like yeah. we don't go out into the world like this is stuff people would never say to your face that's just the truth of it no yeah. ever yeah ever yeah it's wild so yeah just block those people if they're following you if they're being assholes or just yeah just don't look at the comments so <laughs> um cool well uh, yeah i know your time is so valuable um with your two little ones you said that both of them are home How, what's the weather like in uh new jersey are you guys are schools closed i know a lot of schools are closed right now yes School's closed. I don't know what the weather is like, but my husband's school got canceled. Archie's preschool mm. slash daycare got canceled. So everyone's home. It's a snow day. So it's Dang. nice. Ah, yeah. Cozy yeah. snow. What about you guys in Utah? Yeah. So we're in Salt Lake City. No, it's yeah, I'm in U- yeah, I'm in Salt Lake City. So suburb of suburb of Salt Lake City, just like twenty minutes south. Um we have snow outside, but it's sunny. Like it's, I think it's like Beautiful. 20 degrees. So it's cold, but like we, you know, schools aren't closed or anything like that. We're not having a blizzard or anything. So I definitely feel, I know a lot of people are having an extreme weather right now. So I just, I feel for you guys. <laughs> Go follow Lena over her podcast. It's the new mama's podcast. And then your handle on Instagram, is it, what is your handle exactly? I don't want to mess it up. No, it's just my name. It's at Lena Forrestal, L-I-N-A-F-O-R-R-E-S-T-A-L. So yeah, drop into my DMs, say hi. Would love yeah. to meet you. Uh, yeah, Lots I'll add her. I'll add her info to the sl- to the show notes as well, um, so you can easily just go and like click and go give her a follow and go follow her show because it's amazing. Like honestly, like I just I love everything that you're doing. You're inc- an incredible woman, businesswoman. Like it's it, like you're doing it all and. I just appreciate you and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can show your support for this podcast by clicking the follow button and leaving a rating and review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at honestlycaitlin.com.